second installment on this beautiful, wonderful Friday. On the way to do some uh, side work. My wife has a an appointment and uh, yeah. Went into work. Going out to work. Do some running around. Some check cashing. Gotta rob Peter to pay Paul. Paul's kind of getting on my nerves. Well, good morning, America. Uh, this is Danger Close USA Resistance Talk Radio Podcast, Podcast Radio, whatever you want to call it. I uh, I am a blue collar construction worker, and I do this because uh, it's fun. I uh, was always told I had a good radio voice, and um, I've decided to utilize it, and uh, even though uh, I don't even think I have any listeners, I don't even think there's anybody out there that listens to me, it's becoming apparent, and that's cool, I don't care, I uh, I do this because when I was a kid, literally I wanted to be a disc jockey, that was my dream, it was my dream, I wanted to be a disc jockey, I wanted to be like a rock and roll disc jockey, to sit there and play music all day. Uh, and, uh, of course, that never came to fruition. So, I'm, uh, doing this, uh, for fun. But it's not for fun, because it's for something pretty serious. But, uh, I don't always want to be serious. I don't think that's my calling to be a Mr. Serious Guy. Although I do have a furrowed brow. So I've been told. I always look angry. Uh, it's an expression on my face. It's my eyebrows. It has that uh, angry look to them. I guess. Okay. I don't know if the bank's even open. I'm hoping it is. Let me go cash a check. Need to get paid. See, uh, no, I don't think they're open yet. Well, that's that's a shame. Maybe they are. Hold on, I don't know. There's no green light. Is that green? Is that on? Or is that? Are they not open? Maybe they don't open till nine. Is it bankers' hours or something? I don't think they're open. No, I don't think they're open. I'll just come back. Uh, I might be a little early. Probably more so than normal. What time is it? Oh, shit. It should be open. What the hell? On the other end? No, neither drive-thru is open. 
I guess uh, I'm not getting paid right away. I guess uh, I'll just have to hold off for the uh, check cashing. Oh, that's fine. Oh, look at this. Okay. Um, it's not a two-lane road, dude. And well, I mean, it could be if you were to use it like a two-lane road. There you go, buddy. There you go. Good job. Good job. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. Just drive. Uh, anyways, I do this podcast because uh, I have a lot of free time on my hands, apparently. I do a lot of drive. I used to do a whole bunch of driving. I used to drive a lot. I mean, constantly driving. That was my uh, call to glory. Drive, 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 drive. Uh, if I could get paid for driving, I'd, I'd probably do really well. I've thought about being like an Uber or Lyft or whatever the hell it is. Uh, but uh, I think I, I would need to get like my van like totally uh, worked on. Like I'd have to have a lot of work done to it. Well, I will give the uh, bank a good half hour, I guess. I don't really have time for anything else at the moment. And my wife wanted to go pay some bills this morning, and she, you know, I, I could probably pull off a little bit of that today. Oh, but first, I gotta get the paycheck cashed. That's the uh, important part. But apparently, I would assume the banks would be open. What are they, 9 o'clock? Banker's hours, I guess, 9 o'clock. I never, I never had that opportunity. I, when I was a chef, I had a job, literally, I would go in at about 7 in the morning, and I wouldn't get home until probably about 11, 30, 12 o'clock at night. Yeah. And I did that for months. And then, uh, for a long time, uh, I was under a sous chef that was like a glamorized, he was a glamorized sous chef. He wasn't very good, culinarily speaking, or management-wise, and I was under him, and I got promoted over him. It, uh, you know, he he left. Um, we even had a going away party for him, and he he, he was like very ill-responsive uh, to the having a going away party. He, he found it insulting that we were sending him away. But anyways, uh, you know, I, I I took over an executive chef position, and uh, I I just remember well, the whole point here was. You kind of like, you get these hours under your belt. You know, you just keep, I don't know how to describe it, but like literally uh, when I was underneath the sous chef, I was literally coming in at like, fuck, uh, six in the morning. And I wouldn't leave there till 1130, sometimes one o'clock in the morning. Yeah, go home, get like five hours of sleep and come back in and do it all over again. And uh, at one point, I think I put in three months straight without a day off. Someone from HR finally said, uh, you can't work like this. <laughs> you know, we need to put you on salary because I was bringing in like $1,200 a week, you know, and I was just like happy as all hell. She's like, well, we need to put you on salary. We can't afford you. I'm like, what? What do you mean you can't afford me? I'm, I'm basically running this restaurant for this sous chef that you've, 
you know, promoted to this position that he's never been in before, never handled before. You know, he was he was a good cook. He was a good chef. I, 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 let me. Uh, his skill set was really good. He was a really good chef as far as skills and ability. Cooking, you know, actually the utilization of his skills for cooking. He he was a, a good uh, mise en place type chef, very skilled, classical trained. But management-wise and skill-wise, as far as training and managing people and uh, just running a kitchen, just running a kitchen, was disastrous, to say the least. I mean, just completely disastrous. Kind of like Donald Trump. Anyways, uh, and I took over and I ended up running that restaurant for a while. And, uh, you know, it was one of my first... Job, well, not one of my first jobs. Uh, one of my first jobs as an executive chef, where I started out below somebody and got promoted, you know, to that aspired position, you know, head of a freaking resort. Uh, I was happy with that. I, ha- I had a lot of pride in that. And I had the leadership skills and the, the actual culinary skills. So it was a good match. But uh, I didn't do very well with some of the things that uh, popped up. I didn't have the best interpersonal, interdepartment friendship skills. I wasn't very friendshipish. Uh, it was mostly due to the fact that you know I worked with a. We had a pastry department, and plus we had a uh, catering department banquet, you know, type hall thing, and uh, they were probably the most messiest chefs I ever worked with in my entire life, and it was getting to a point where, you know, I was telling my boys just to stop, look, if they can't do what they're supposed to do, don't you do it for them, (coughs) you know, basically I told them, I said, look, you know, you guys are making the biggest mess, and I'm running a kitchen that's Putting out, you know, five, six, seven, eight hundred freaking orders a night. Uh, my boys clean up after themselves. They, you know, I, I'm expecting you guys to clean up after yourselves. But you're pulling my guys from my kitchen off their duty to clean up after you guys. You know, you don't have the people's. You know, you don't have the the. You don't have the the warm bodies to cover your positions, and I understood that, but. It doesn't mean as soon as your banquet hall is all put away and the food's, you know, put up, that you just leave, which is what these people were doing. Like, the patient department was just like, have no, it was like, we were the, we were the cleaning crew for them. And I was like, no, you know, I'm the fuck, I'm I'm above both of you. You're going to do what I say or eat a rotten egg because I'm not going to make my boys or the guys I had in the kitchen do their job. Which is what they were asking. You know, they were they were wanting me, like literally, just to say to my boys who worked, you know, a full day already at midnight, to just after they were done cleaning our kitchen, to go clean up banquet hall. No. Hell no. And I'm staying there doing it. I'm the executive chef. You guys are the banquet chef and pastry chef. Pastry should be under the executive chef. It shouldn't be the other way around. And Banquet can do their own thing, and they just need to get themselves organized. I'm a big team player, 
So, you know, I allowed this to go on and on and on and on. It, it went on for a while. It, I mean, it just went on for a while. And I finally, I just put my foot down. You know, these guys don't need to be staying to work till 3 o'clock in the morning. That's cutting into my budget. You know, you guys are, bu- you guys have your own budgets. I have my budget. My boys aren't going to be working for you out of my budget. You know, if you want to get some people to work for you from my budget, then they can clock out when they're done working for me and clock in when they're starting to, you know, use your time clock. You know, I'm not going to pay out. I think that's fair. Run the kitchen, right? I don't know. I thought it was a good chef. I'm glad I'm not part of it anymore. I'm glad I'm not really taking part of it anymore. I'm glad I'm not uh, stressed out from it anymore. That was probably the biggest uh, problem I had as an executive chef was the stress. I handle stress pretty well. I actually do. I shrug it off. I don't. It doesn't even exist to me. But the stress from, you know, I'm, I'm talking like restaurant stress when it's, you know, you're full swing busy. You know, the restaurant's running and you're pumping out food. That stress, that doesn't bother me. That's nothing. The stress I don't like is uh, management stress. Dealing with people. Uh, I'm not a, I'm, you know, when I say dealing with people, I mean people that, uh, like, beg you for a job. You hire them and, you know, they can't even show up. You, you have a position that you need filled and these people are just totally, just don't care. Like, they'll come in and be like, oh, I need a job so bad. Okay, I'll give you a job. And they don't even show up. I mean, what? And sometimes you get people, you know, you wish wouldn't show up. You know, you give them a job and they're just like the worst fucking people. They're so nice in person when they're having their interview. Oh, yes. Oh, no, I've worked as a, as a restaurant manager for 22 years. Oh, you have a great kitchen. This is nice. Oh, this is wonderful. And they get there and they're like, you all are fucking crazy. You don't know how to run a kitchen. I don't know why I'm talking about culinary stuff. I I forget sometimes what my show's about. I want to... I want to talk about other things. So hang in there. Hold on. I'll be right back. I'm going to go check the bank. I think they should be up. Fucking 8.30. I mean, it's 8.36. This is Danger Close USA. Resistance Podcast Radio. And this is your host, Jeff Kaufman. I'll be right back.
This is Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio, and this is your host, Jeffrey Allen Kaufman. Happy Friday, America. I'm back for my brief commercial break. If you are interested in uh, donating an incentive to Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio, uh, you can make an Amazon donation. Uh, you can go to Amazon.com and and try to find the the gift wish list of mine called uh, Things I'd Rather Buy Than Trump's Wall. Uh, I think that's the name of it. It's my wish list. Uh, go to my wish list and buy me anything on that wish list. Or buy the incomplete total wish list package. Which would be freaking awesome, but it'll never happen. Look, I I, uh, I do this stuff. I'm just talking. I'm just a, a, a wannabe. I'm a wannabe. That sounds like some kind of Australian animal. I'm a wannabe. And whatever they are, climbing that tree right there, is a wannabe. A wallaby? No, mate. A wannabe. He's trying to get higher up into the uh, canopy over there, mate. It's a wannabe. A wannabe is a lot like a human, except he pretends that he's human. I don't know. Good day, mate. You're doing right, are you? Fucking day, right? <laughs> Flipping freaking right, you know? It's sketchy, but yeah, fuck it all. It's all fucking bloody as fuck, anyways. Oh, you know what I mean, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying, right? That's it, I mean, dude, it's for sure, you know what I mean, right? It's fit, and they're for you know, you're about to you know, yeah. What? I, uh, I always wanted to go to Scotland. Because I've heard people from Scotland, and there's like little towns in Scotland where you cannot understand what the fuck they're saying and they're speaking English. I want to hang out with these people. I think I see green. I'm pulling up to the drive-thru again. I think I see green. I think. I do not have my eyeglasses. They were in my boss's truck. Oh, fuck. I need them. All right. Well, I see green lights. I'm going to cash my check now. The one, one bank I like the most... That I probably can't ever get an account in. Oh, just go a little slower there. You freaking fruitcake. <sighs> Teenagers. Can't drive. Can't drive. Hold on. Get. Good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning?
I love this bank. Thank you, dear. Checo is cashed out. All right, I need to go to Lowe's to buy a pair of dykes to replace the pair of dykes. Oh. Anyways, what I was saying is, I got to go to Lowe's, pick up a pair of dykes to replace a pair of dykes that this guy at work I work with, his name's CJ Jones, and he's a pain in my fucking ass. Hi, CJ. He's probably listening to my podcast. He's a he's a bleeding heart imbecile. He calls me a bleeding heart liberal. I call him a bleeding heart imbecile. I mean, I really don't know what else to call him. He's 19. He's got the IQ of a 19-year-old. I know everything. There's nothing you can teach me. There's nothing you can show me. I am a god. <laughs> I run circles around a 19-year-old, and I'm 44. I think I got you beat, bro. Sorry, man. Wow. Some people just... Wow. Okay, pal. I had the blinker on, and uh, you're not paying attention to the road. Uh, put down the crack pipe. Please, put it down. I've got one thing I gotta do. I gotta get a pair of dikes to replace the pair of dikes that was uh, miraculously uh, disappeared out of my tool bag last week. Yes. I'm taking one for the team today. Uh, I'm going home early. I know I cost my boss a little more money than the, the kid. And I know if, uh, if I was to, uh, work today, it would have cost him money he don't, he didn't need two guys standing around with their thumb up their ass. I'm kind of taking one for the team. I don't know if he'd see that, see it that way. 
He might not see it that way. I see it that way. I gotta get gas. I gotta go to Lowe's, buy a pair of dikes that, like I said, vanished out of my tool bag on a day off I had last week. Came in Wednesday and uh, they were gone. I know they were in there. There's a 50% chance I'm wrong. A 50. But I'm pretty certain that this kid's a klepto. A complete kleptomaniac. I almost, I'm almost 100% certain. Um, whatever he like borrows, like, Jeff, uh, can I borrow your dykes? Uh, Jeff, can I borrow your nines? Uh, Jeff, can I borrow this? Jeff, can I borrow, can I borrow? It's, it's not his fault. I think he puts it in his pocket with all intentions of giving it back. And then by the end of the day, completely forgets to give it back. I've been accused of stealing uh, power tool parts. You know, Phil's bit drivers. You know, a little DeWalt uh, or, uh, you know, some DeWalt or uh, Milwaukee uh, bit drivers. You know, with a little sleeve and stuff. Oh, look at all the turkeys. Oh. But, you know, it contains a Phillips bit or you can, you know, anyways, whatever. Uh, like, I've been accused of stealing them. Like, not stealing them, literally, but, like, taking them home. And I've been telling her, look, I'm not taking them home. I promise you, I don't have any of these fucking bit drivers. I don't have one bit fucking driver that belongs to you guys. And, you know, I know they're taking it home. I know who's taking it home anyways. I know one person that I know on my crew. The guys I work with, which is two other. There's two guys. A total of three. I know the young kids fucking take shit home. I'm getting blamed for it. I don't know why. It's like, dude, if I brought it home, I'd bring it back the next day. I like anytime I've ever brought anything accidentally home. Anytime. I always replaced it. Or, or I didn't replace it, but I brought it in either in the very next day or, you know, whatever. Never just kept it. You know, like, ha, ah, I got his Phillips bit driver. Whoa. No, uh, never did that. That is fucking truck. God damn it, it isn't. No, no, maybe it is CJ's truck. I don't know. Alright, uh, I gotta run in here and take care of some stuff. Be right back. Hold on. Alright, I'm back. I got a pair of side cutters, a pair of dikes, and a magnetic tape measure. I'll replace the stuff that I had before. And now I'm about to head home. I think I've had enough of today. I might make one stop. I need gas. Yeah, I need gas. Gas, 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 gas. Need gas, need gas. Does anybody else have the feeling that, like, guys in the GOP, like McConnell, you ever get the feeling that these guys are kind of like, uh, evil freaking human beings. I mean, it's one thing uh, to have an agenda that, you know, you really can't 
figure out, you know, is it right this, is it right that, whatever. Your little agendas. It's another thing to just be so openly and blatantly upfront about your agenda as your party. And at the same time, deny it, but yet it exists. I'm not saying the GOP is, is like a universally racist group, but I think they have probably the largest percentage of racists that are in their party. Um, it's amazing that somehow, through the dereliction of really us, the people, we allowed our government to become so tyrannical and corrupt that there really isn't any form of recourse except to end the corruption. I mean, you have to end the corruption. I mean, but nobody's doing that. Nobody's ever going to do that. Because corruption is money. Money is uh, the corruption. It's nothing else. Power and money. I guess there is something else. Power. But for the most part, money is the, the reason for corruption. It's always money. You don't become corrupt because you feel like being a nice person and doing something for free. There's plenty of corruption in this in this world, in uh, in our government, and it's all due to money. I mean, look at what Congress and the Senate has done for themselves over the years, voting in pay raises and all their little special treats for being a public servant, which is really the title that they're supposed to adorn. You know, uh, a congressperson, a congressman, congresswoman, is supposed to work for the people, not special interest groups, not corporations, not private identities. It's the people, the mass, not a select group, not an individual, the people. They are to work for the people. All of us. Not one ethnicity, not one religious choice, but all of us. And do they? Fuck no! Not for the most part, no. I mean, there's a percentage that does, and there's a percentage that definitely is not working for the people. They don't see their seat and their position as a servant position. They see their seat and position as a power and supremacist position, a supremacy position, because they're above you. I'm not talking like white supremacy. I'm talking just overall supremacy. They're no longer practicing servitude. They're practicing supremacy. What say you? What do you think? I think so. Anyways, this is Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio. It's your host, Jeff Kaufman. Special Friday edition. Been recording it. Uh, that's what I do. Yeah, right. Blue collar.
Podcast radio host, Jeff Kaufman, and this is my show, Danger Close, USA, Resistance Podcast Radio, where apparently I don't talk a whole lot about resistance. <laughs> Let's go two miles an hour. Oh no. I do my podcast out of our family vehicle. I listen to Metallica. I apparently have been diagnosed with Trump derangement syndrome, which is a complete, utter line of bull, schnooky. I'm an American. I see what I see. I hear what I hear. I know what I know. And what I see and what I hear and what I know is there's something fucking wrong with the Trump. I don't know. It's just me. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. I don't feel like I'm alone, but I might be. I feel alone sometimes in that because there's so much propaganda, so much noise from the right, so much media infiltration, so much opinion, so much misconstruing of fact, so much lying, so much storytelling, so much propaganda that it gets to the point where you're just pissed off lie lie and lie some more lie 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 fabricate misconstrue control public opinion that's state run TV folks when it's there to control your opinion what you believe, what's factual, what's a lie, what's truth. That is the whole point of propaganda. Winston Churchill once said, the truth must be protected by a bodyguard of lies. Anybody ever heard this before? I believe even uh, Stalin Joseph Stalin, I believe, in something in his memoirs or something, even echoed the same statement of Winston Churchill, who once said, the truth must be protected by a bodyguard of lies. And what that, what that meant for him to say that was about World War II, about the uh, Idi Enigma, the, the code that the Russians were using, the machine that the Russians were using, uh, the enigma, you know, the the code breaking of fish. Um, you might not be aware of that. Uh, there was a tremendous amount of, there was uh, some very intelligent Polish scientists or mathematicians that worked on the project. Was, uh, Alan Tur- Turing, I believe was his name, who invented the first computer or the prototype for the first computer, uh, all worked on the code breaking during World War II. And, uh, there was so much information, finally, that, you know, they raided a submarine and gathered some 
code books. Uh, but anyways, there was so much information being pumped in that uh, you know Winston Churchill was well aware of you know what was going on with in Germany, you know. But Germany also broke our code. I mean, it, we screwed that all up on a continuous basis. But uh, the point of what I was talking about is that when uh, you listen to Donald Trump and you look at the propaganda that comes out that's pro-Trump, when you look at all this stuff together in one bucket, let's just say I poured into a bucket, it becomes immediately clear to the intellectual, I would hope, someone with the ability to reason and recognize propaganda. And when Donald Trump does something whether it's an action or whether it's uh, a few words or a speech, an address, uh, whatever he's got media coverage of something or anything or whatever he pulls out of his patukas. It's an immediate response from the right and the propaganda to keep whatever narrative that he's made up or spoken about flowing down the river of ineptitude and when you recognize this you see what's going on and Donald Trump will say something and of course Sean Hannity covers for him you got guys like Mark Levin you got guys like Rush Limbaugh you got women like Anne Cotier or whatever the fuck her name is don't care I have no concern Anne the lady that had a freaking meltdown about an airline seat I'm gonna sue you Delta you sat me next to a lady of brown skin I don't know what the hell her problem was, but it's something to do. It was just, it was gross. It was gross. The woman has Anne Cotier, 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 whatever. Has, like, very little class. Very little intelligence. Well, she's intelligent, but she's, uh, like, the, like, like, uh, like, not Marilyn Manson, but the other one, Charles Manson intelligence. She's got that Charles Manson uh, uh, whackness. It's infectual. People, some people love her. It's like I don't understand uh, Tony or Tommy, Tony, Tommy Lorne, whatever her name is, Lorne, Lawn. I don't understand her either. She's got the, I mean. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm being honest. She's got this so, uh, like, angry white girl just raided the cupboard, cupboard for some Pop-Tarts. They weren't the flavor I liked. So I made a damn video about it. That's kind of like, you know, what she does. I like strawberry, I like strawberry Pop-Tarts. But occasionally I'll go for the Blueberry Pop-Tarts, but i really rather have strawberry. I don't know why my parents get it gave through their head. Keep strawberry Pop-Tarts in the cabinet. I don't understand. Strawberry Pop-Tarts. We whine and cry and bitch and moan and stare at a camera and talk about things that are not really relevant, but you make it relevant. You make it important. You make it seem like it's, you know, a real true topic. Tommy Lauren does it all the time. I mean, it's, and, 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 and then gives you her opinion. Now, her opinion is not fact. It's not truth. It's not anything else 
but someone else's ideology, their their opinion, what they think, what they believe, and people just suck it up like a fucking Capri Sun. They stick their fucking truth of knowledge, their their straw of knowledge, into their Capri Sun and start sucking away at you know freaking whatever. It's an opinion. It's not fact. That's why you're all sheep. That's, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They're all sheep. Anybody who's following Donald Trump right now is just, oh my God, he's so great. Look what he's doing. No. It's, it's the parroting. It's the continuous narrative that's being driven into people's heads that people parrot and repeat and basically produce their own propaganda They don't actually understand what they're talking about. Half the time, they're just repeating what they've heard. And most of the time, if you're getting it from, like, the Hannity outlet, or the Rush outlet, or the Levin outlet, or the Mitchell outlet, or any of these propagandists, then you're getting opinion. And they try to solidify that opinion by calling it fact. Or calling it knowledge. And then most of the time, they won't even touch back on that same subject or whatever they gave you their opinion and knowledge about because it's changed dramatically within the last hour of the recording and, and publishing of their statement. Or it's never even taken place. Or it's, you know, and why follow back on it? They don't. Most of the time, they don't follow back on it. They just lay a rotten egg in your hat and hope you put it on and wear it with glee. Oh, did you hear about Nancy Pelosi? Did you hear about Hillary oh, reopening the investigation in Hillary Clinton's emails? Well, fuck, for the upteeth time, how many countless hours, how many FBI investigations, how many people, have, and not one charge? Server's still running. I'm just saying, I don't know. It, it's mind-boggling. What about Hillary's Clinton? What about Hillary? They always pull Hillary up. It's it's like a, it's, it, that's when they're about to commit uh, communication suicide right there. That's about when they do it. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? Hillary. I love the ones that automatically assume that because I don't support Donald Trump that I'm a Hillary supporter. I love those people. I, I get an actual... I, I, I get a kick out of it. it. It cracks me up. And the reason why it cracks me up is because it's, it's just what they jump to. They, they think that I just... I'm that much of a sheep. But you don't support Donald Trump, then you must be a Hillary lover. I bet you're a Hillary Clinton lover, aren't you? Oh, yeah, you are, aren't you? You're a Hillary Clinton. Actually, I would have never voted for her. I don't dislike her, dislike her, but I didn't want her for president. And it has nothing to do with her sexual identity, who she is or who she's married to. I just, uh, no. Didn't like Hillary Clinton for president. Camila Harris, oh, yeah. I, I think she do good. I think she's a strong woman with a, a very good... Ability to uh, deal with bullshit. Um, there are some women that I think would make good presidents. They got to be tough. I, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not saying they can't be feminine. I'm just saying I, I want a I want a female president that's a bitch. And I think Hillary Clinton could be a real bitch. But <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm just saying I, I want a woman that's gonna be like you, you want to say yes sir to, like yes sir. Oh, I know you're a woman, but you're a strong woman. I love strong women. Strong women turn me on. They're some of the uh, greatest women in the world. My wife's one. She 
kickbox your ass. She'll box your ears in. She is a tough broad. She tells you what's up. She tells you how it's going to be, and, and that's it. And I'm not a pussy, though. I'm not, you know, she's just, she has to with me because I'm such a big guy. <laughs> I have such a bad attitude, and my ego sucks. And I get, I've been out of shape about stupid stuff, like crazy shit. I'll explain here in a second. I'll be right back. Resistance Podcast Radio, and your host, Jeff Kaufman, rambling and ranting as I drive back home from a very, 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 very early day at work. It's going to be a good Friday, I think. Interesting, uh, my wife sent me a picture the other day, just a, a selfie of her. I, I said, what are you doing? I, blah, 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 I'm talking to her, and I said, send me a picture, I want to see you. So she sent me a picture. And uh, last night, I was just going through my pictures, you know, and my messages, and I was going to save it, and I saved it, and I was looking at it, and I was trying to figure something out, you know, in the picture. It was a, looked like it should have been a reflection of a door or something. I don't know, it was just odd. I was looking at it, staring at it, going, it's just really odd. And then uh, I zoomed in, and I swear there was a face behind her. And uh, I feel like a complete ass, but I mean, when I first zoomed in, I swear I could see a face, and I thought, wow, who the hell is this in my house behind my wife? You know, uh, that didn't go over too well. Uh, Needless to say, I looked at the picture several times and realized that it's a figmentation of my imagination, although when you zoom in, it does look odd. It's actually just a shelf full of DVDs. I don't know. I was going to post it with my with my podcast, but I, I don't know. But, you know, here I am, a husband. I'm, I'm looking at this picture like, who the fuck is this? And uh, it's, it's you know, to the average guy, I don't know. And I zoomed in, and I think that's what really, it made it blurry, so it looked like a face. And it looked like a black guy. And I was just like... Why is there a black guy in my house? I went, you know, I went, you know, I, I got my ass handed to me. Now, I mean, I wasn't accusing her. It was just really odd. You know, it was like I zoomed in and look what, look what formed behind you. And uh, welcome to my life. But I wasn't really being accusive. I was just kind of, you know, I kind of figured that it was a blur from zooming in, but when you looked at it, it looked like a face, and I showed her, and boy, that was a big mistake. She's like, what are you accusing me of? I'm like, I just wanted to confirm that it was my imagination. 
I needed to confirm that I'm going crazy. No, I'm just, uh, literally, I, you know, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, I was reading a little excerpt uh, how the Pentagon handled Trump's little speech. Uh, I found that interesting. Uh, there was a little remark or two from some of the reporters that uh, was witness to his speech, and nobody applauded or ca- or clapped uh, during his speech and after his speech. There was no reaction that he was hoping would benefit him. Um, so therefore, that's one of the reasons why, like Fox TV, didn't really uh, disclose that there was no reaction. That the people that were there to forced to listen to his ass were sitting there listening to him and going, "Yeah, this this sucks. This guy's a fucking traitor." And then when he was done, there was like no applause, no nothing. Amazing. But it gives you hope as an American when, in the very highest echelons of our military and uh, CIA that there was nobody uh, back there going, yeah, Trump, yeah! Woo, Trump! Woo! Yeah, NASCAR! Trump, go hand in hand! Yeah! All left turns. Nobody's getting anywhere. Around a circle we go. Where we ended, just fuck, who knows. Wow, dude, you're flying around that curve. Wow, and you got a loaded truck. You're crazy. People are insane. All right, well, I am home, about to be home. If you made it this far, congratulations. I think you're the first. Uh... If you are interested in giving me some feedback, that would be great. Uh, you can send me a direct message uh, on the Anchor app, or you can uh, contact my radio line. My radio line is 828-360-3692. That's my line for my radio show. Uh, send me a text or leave a message, or keep calling. I might eventually actually answer, maybe. Um, and if you're interested in supporting my podcast, uh, I do Amazon e-gift cards because <laughs> I like to shop at Amazon so much. I'm an Amazon avid Amazon shopper. Uh, I would love a donation of $250 or more. That'd be great. <laughs> I'm wishful thinking. I don't care. You don't even have to give me a donation. I'll just keep doing this for the hell of it as long as you want to listen to it. But if you ever want to do a monetary donation, just I'll take an Amazon e-gift card. Or you can contact me through my uh, radio line, 828-360-3692. Or just send me some cash. That'd be great. I'll take cash. Um, but if you are interested in supporting my podcast and you find my show to be worthy of your financial donations, uh, contact me. Or, like, buy me an Amazon e-gift card. And if you're really wealthy, and you got a bunch of money, you can go to Amazon and search for things I'd rather buy than Trump's wall. There's a wish list. Wish 
wish list on Amazon that I've made. I don't remember everything that's on it. It's a bunch of camping and outdoors type stuff and camouflage clothing and a couple kayaks. But, uh, yeah, you can go to Amazon, uh, find the wish list, things I'd rather purchase than Trump's wall, or something like that. Things I'd rather purchase instead of Trump's wall, or I can't remember how I wrote it. But there's a wish list on there, and uh, my name on there, and, uh, yeah, buy me the wish list. Buy everything on there. Buy everything twice on there. Go ahead and buy everything five times. Send it to me. That'd be great. I'll make some money. Anybody, if you're interested, uh, do whatever you want. I don't care. You can uh, call me and tell me I suck. Call me and tell me you love my show. You can call me and tell me that uh, I, I might be mentally ill. I mean, I don't care. Whatever you... Whatever makes you happy, people. This was Danger Close USA Resistance Podcast Radio. This is your host, Jeff Kaufman. Enjoy your day. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy your weekend. Spend time with your family. Spend time with friends. Do something constructive. Get your mind off of Donald Trump. Remember, it's not Trump derangement syndrome. It's pissed off American syndrome. We're all infected with it. God bless America. Hoo-ah.